When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. NBA teams reporting for camp. The season's coming close. Media day happened. Everybody's in the best shape of their lives. Zion might actually be in the best shape of his life. So it's time to get in. It's time to dig in to the NBA best ball streets. Time to start talking strategy. But today we're just going to talk a little bit of NBA best ball 101. Site scoring, tournament formats, the different little quirks, some basic strategy so we can get a little primer in before we really dig in to draft season. Let's do it. Feels good to be back. Welcome, Eric with the C. NBA best ball. As Matt says, the real best ball. NBA's is coming. We're we're back officially. Mark. Shane says smash that like. And uh this is funny. No such no such thing as too much Jalen Williams. Well, there's definitely no such thing as too much Jalen Williams because there's about 14 Jalen Williamses in uh in the NBA now. But it does feel very good to be back talking some NBA. Um, if you're a fan like me, you've been following it, you know, you, you just, you, fo- you listen to every low post podcast, you listen to all the, the shows and the latest news and all of that, but there's nothing quite like, you know, the players are back. We're getting a little glimpse into Jimmy Butler's new hairdo where we're seeing Zion looking like, uh, you know, yoked, yoked Zion <clears throat> and, uh, really gets the, gets the blood pumping. What I wanted to do today for a, maybe a slightly sh- uh, shorter show than what we'll do every week moving forward up until the season and a few other of shows. We'll definitely mix in Wednesdays. Wednesdays at about this time, we'll try to do an NBA show. And then um, I'll try to mix in some more, obviously, to do some drafts and things like that uh, so that you know we can get everything covered that we need to get covered before the NBA season gets here. I haven't done a ton of drafting yet, so this is also helpful for me to sort of kick off. I've obviously got rankings up on the site that uh, need an update, that need an update. If you've been following, you see the continually worse, continually worse every single day Lonzo Ball news. Um, We obviously already had the Chet Holmgren injury, which is in there, and just a few minor little things that I want to tweak. You will also see up on 
the website um i i do have our core picks up there so there's three players currently and kind of an honorable mention oh, this is a uh the 101 article we have the core core picks here up on the site for subscribers there will be a lot more um content pumping out as, as as i said and as i pulled up here originally there is a kind of a, a walkthrough guide which i'll use a little bit as a reference here today talking through kind of here's the basic things right whether and and i think it's helpful for people of all experience levels particularly as it pertains to to nba best ball because there's a lot of similarities in how you would want to play NBA best ball to, you know, most people play fantasy football, right? Most people that are probably watching this played NFL best ball, maybe drafted in best ball mania or on DraftKings or whatever. There's a lot of similarities in terms of strategy and such that we want to apply to NBA best ball, but there's also a lot of differences. There's also a lot of differences. I mean, inherently the sports are wildly different, right? One, um, the NFL is largely what I would call an event-based sport right you score a touchdown or you don't you can accumulate points based on volume kind of but at the end of the day you know if you don't score touchdowns it doesn't really matter the nba is much more of an accumulation sport and nba best ball is absolutely an accumulation sport now you you have guys who score more points per game points per minute and all of that and and that matters obviously but you know just simply playing more games in a week a worse scoring player you know on a per minute or per game basis can outscore a highest higher scoring player and playing more games over the course of a season right why are players like uh um Kyrie Irving often ranked lower Anthony Davis maybe ranked lower than they possibly should be based on their per game production it's because they miss a lot of games you know and you have to factor those those kinds of things in so there's a lot of quirks to, to NBA best ball. And I think it's helpful to have a show like this. And then an article like this, even for me, when I'm writing it to go through, uh, you know, just kind of some of the basics again, have, have a little bit of a refresher. What I start, what I wanted to start with here really quickly, um, we'll kind of walk through some of the site specific stuff that I think you need, need to know and think about. And then we'll walk through some of the score, you know, scoring differences, format differences, um, Roster, you know, kind of basics around um, not roster construction, but how how, you know, just even how many players you draft on each site and such. And then kind of a just a quick overview of general basic strategy. And then we will be obviously back for more. Be obviously back for more uh, tons, more strategy talk and plenty of drafting as well in the future. Before we get into that, I did want to say. Um, as you'll see here, and we'll talk about in a second, there's basically three main sites that you can play NBA best ball tournaments on. Obviously, Underdog, who everyone you know uh, plays NFL on all, all year and other sports, and is playing daily contests and battle royale battle royale contests and such. And then there is, of course, DraftKings, but there's also Drafters, Drafters Fantasy, Drafters Drafters.com on both Underdog and drafters if you have not signed up for either of those yet you can use promo code spike and get a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars same promo code spike same deposit bonus hundred percent up to a hundred dollars on both drafters and um underdog 
DraftKings, as we see here, site format starting off. DraftKings and Underdog are basically the same format. Tiny little minor differences on the schedule, which we'll get into at a at a at a later date because we don't. I don't think we need to talk about that just quite yet. But what I would call playoff, as you see on on your screen here, two different kinds of formats in NBA best ball: playoff and cumulative. A playoff format is kind of what most of our you know uh, people think about with like best ball mania in in football underdog, and what. Um, what we're used to fantasy football, fantasy basketball, right? You play your regular season. You got to advance to the playoffs. And then once you advance to the playoffs, just like in real sports, you got to make your way through the playoffs. You could have the best team in the regular season, but you got to win in the playoffs. Doesn't matter how good your regular season team is. You got to win in the playoffs on um, DraftKings. Again, DraftKings and underdog are both playoff formats and we'll get to drafters and cumulative in a second. On underdog, you have to finish in the top three out of your um, – we see the rules here. I can actually just – this is a sample from the from the rules. The top three performing entries in each group will advance to round uh, – sorry about this. It says round, round, round three, round two. I think that's a minor typo here. This should say round two. Anyway, at the end of round one, the top three performing entries in each group will advance to round two. And then – you advance to round two and the top two teams advance. You advance to round three and the top two teams advance. And then you're in the finals, right? Round four is the, the championship round. And from then, from then on, you know, in the championship round, just score the most points in that, in that two week period. These are all two week periods, as you see here. Well, obviously not the first round. First round is your regular season of your league. And then you advance out of there. Top three, you move on and play in week 17 and 18, finish in the top two from there go on and play in weeks 19 and 20 again against other people who advanced etc down to round four and that's the finals very similar the, the playoff weeks are a tiny bit different on DraftKings versus underdog but again the structure is basically the same you do have um top two out of your league advances in DraftKings, so a slightly more difficult advancement on DraftKings versus on on underdog but you get the gist right everybody understands the playoff format stuff that's not new to anybody everybody's probably played in fantasy football or fantasy basketball leagues that have a, a playoff structure pretty straightforward however we do have drafters which is another site for us to play on and they are a cumulative scoring format now what the heck does cumulative scoring format mean Pretty straightforward. You see, there's only one sentence on it. Cumulative scoring, I draft in my league. It's actually 10-person leagues, 10-team leagues on drafters. So I draft against nine other people in that league. And that from that moment on, once I'm done with the draft, the league I drafted in doesn't matter. I got to score over the entire season, the entire fantasy season, score the most fantasy points. That's it. <laughs> I accumulate, right? It's cumulative. I'm accumulating points over the course of the entire season, and I have to beat those uh, couple thousand other people with the most points. So it's a you know a little bit <clears throat> maybe uh, some might call it uh, uh, you know a, a truer form of if you draft the best team, you drafted the best team on drafters on underdog. You could draft the best team with all the best picks from over the course of the entire season. But if you get to the playoffs and they you know 
they rest, which we'll get to that uh, some of that in a little bit in the general strategy. Players rest, right? Players get hurt late in the season or whatever. You can lose with quote unquote the best team. So understanding those two differences are are it's it's very big, right? Um, for for a, a few different reasons. The main one, which again we'll get into more of some of the super super specific strategies later. The main one is that. It's not that I want to ignore some of the young, like lottery ticket flyer type players later later in drafts on on drafters. That's absolutely. I'm, I'm not saying I want to ignore them, but there's a balancing act between this guy's not going to give me anything for months and months and months. I just listened to, uh, just finished today the most recent episode of the Low Post podcast my favorite probably my favorite podcast that exists definitely my favorite nba podcast and they talk through the pelicans right so you have um a lottery pick that they selected this year in dyson daniels who um a really talented young player i'm not i'm not even sure how relevant he is for fantasy in general but he's an example of a player who the pelicans aren't even expecting him to really see the floor for the first couple of months in the season. He may not even be in the rotation. He's a young kid. He needs a little bit of time to develop, but he's extremely talented. And if something were to happen, maybe he just uh, grows a little bit, you know, over the course of those first few months where he's not doing anything and, and gets on the floor later, maybe, you know, knock on wood. We're not hoping for this. Something happens to Zion again. Something happens to Brandon Ingram. And the next thing you know, you have this lottery pick who's getting real minutes for the Pelicans and their fight right there in their plan for the playoffs. This is not a tanking team. They're all in trying to win right now. You maybe you get that guy down the stretch who's helping you. Now that is valuable on any site, but on underdog <clears throat> where I just need just get me into that top three. I can take some of these archetypes of players that like, honestly, I don't need their points, but I, I took a little bit of Jonathan Kaminga. Last year, we'll get to him. He was actually on my best team. I don't think I, I don't think I used his score all year until it. I think it was the second round of the playoffs. I actually used his score because he was playing. Uh, some guys were out, and he was playing a lot. He had some big fantasy performances, but he was just a wasted roster spot the entire season. But that had value for me on on that team. I ended up needing him, but on drafters. Only using that guy for two weeks is pretty useless. So again, it's not that those guys aren't valuable because I, I at the end of the day, having a, a good young talented player is is viable in general. But that's the kind of different balancing act between between the two. The sites do have really minor scoring scoring differences. Um, I've got them here in this article. Again, it's already up on the website. It's free. This one's free for everybody everybody to see. And I've got kind of the screenshots of all the the scoring specifically from the sites, but there's also just a quick summary, right? So DraftKings has double-double. You get a 1.5-point bonus for double-double and a three-point bonus for triple-doubles. Not a huge deal, but a little bit a little bit of a tiny boost to, to bigs and players who can accumulate double-doubles and uh, you know certainly the triple-doubles. Uh, it's, a, it's a little boost, right? If you score 30 points per game... And then you tack on, a, you know, a double double. It's a nice tiny little boost over the course of the season if a guy gets thirty double doubles or whatever, right? Um, underdog 
maybe the biggest difference is the second bullet point, which I, I need to zoom in here a little bit. I apologize. Um, I keep my stuff really zoomed out. I'm weird like that. Underdog has three points for steals and blocks. The other two sites, DraftKings and Drafters, both have two. You get two points for a steal and two points for a block. Underdog has three. For those that play DFS, this is FanDuel scoring. So it's a big deal. Um, I actually really like it for uh, some certain strategies, which we'll get into kind of later, but also some certain players who are just not only high and steel block rate players like for over the course of a season, <clears throat> but have that kind of individual game spike week, spike game, if you will, potential in, in steals and blocks, right? I actually mentioned Anthony Davis earlier. Anthony Davis was a big steals and blocks player. Uh, one of my favorites was always OG Ananobi. Um, and and he will be a, probably, again, one of my favorites this year. The Raptors seem to have a lot of those guys, big on steals and blocks. But you, you get those guys that just, you know, you get three or four steals and blocks. That makes up, that, that you, know, you get four steals and blocks. That's 12 fantasy points when it's when it's worth three. It makes up for 12 points. <laughs> you know, that's a, it's a huge deal. And then if you can do anything else, right, some guys can can have good, games from steals and blocks alone and then you start to tack on any form of other other scoring and peripherals and it, it's a it's a pretty big deal um and then finally turnovers and three pointers are the, are the last things underdog does have minus one for turnovers as opposed to minus 0.5 minus half a point on the other on the other sites and then um underdog does not have any bonus for making three pointers whereas DraftKings and drafters have uh, 0.5 bonus. So again, really, really minor little differences, but unique variables for each site that play into kind of some different types of players just being a little bit slightly better on on different sites. Um, the rosters are almost the same, but on drafters, you do draft two additional players and you start three flexes. So every site, you start two guards, two forwards, underdog calls them wings. You start two guards, two forwards, and a center, and at least one flex player or utility. DraftKings, you actually start two flex players per week, right? You score you score over the course of a week, and your optimal team is this. Two guards, two forwards, one center, and on DraftKings, two flex players. On Drafters, actually three flex players. So in, uh, just another minor difference, um, which we will get into when we dive into, in the future, some really hyper-specific drafters stuff um so that pretty much covers honestly about all the basics that you like really need to know from a scoring from a site perspective how the game works and so for another 10 or 15 minutes i wanted to talk about some really basic um general strategy because you get a lot of people um uh i just realized there was a typo in this uh uh it pisses me off. I'm I'm a, I'm a stickler for the for the typos and such. So now I see it, and it's going to bug me. I have to scroll down because it's going to bug me the the entire time. But so you'll get, you know, people want to get into NBA best ball. Like, how do I start? Like, how, you know, other than like rankings and having players that we have right, all that is important. Doing rankings, identifying players you you believe to project higher than the market or um, have the upside. I, I'm I'm both simultaneously on the, you know, having projections to see who kind of projects better 
based on where their ADP is, but probably more so for me, it is the guys who maybe not only project better, but project to like be able to blow up the season from an upside perspective, whether that be um, they're just young, talented, ascending players and or they're stepping into more opportunity this year or have the potential to step into more opportunity this year. Um, a couple of examples last year would be I went by, I think my highest owned player or one of my highest owned players um, was DeJounte Murray. And uh, I, I think he's, he kind of encapsulates all of that, which is like the dream of what we're looking for. Hyper productive player when he's on the floor has always been. Even when they, even when the Spurs used to have DeRozan and and some of these guys, Murray was an extremely productive player. Then the team is kind of tanking, right? And he's now the the alpha on on this team, and he's a young and ascending player. Do all do those players always hit like Murray did? Of course not, but you get this combination of those types of players. And sometimes they take that next step as we kind of saw DJ do. And, you know, you get an absolute fantasy smash in the whatever fifth round, sixth round of drafts. He ended up getting more, much more expensive by the end. Cause I think all of us were on that. This Dergente was not uh, somebody that I'm like, you know, I've been, I've been playing this dude in DFS for like five years or however long he's been in the league. Uh, and I'm not the only one. I'm not, I'm certainly not, uh, uh, you know, some, some whisperer for, for uh, Murray, everybody was on him, but you, you see the point of why he was perfect. Another one, John Morant, look at John Morant. Uh, you know, a uh, guy who would get picked in the second, third, third round, something like that last year. And it was just like, look what this potential young superstar could become. Had he become like he was a great player previously. Had he become the John Morant we know and love today before last year? No, he hadn't. So kind of the same thing. Right? Darius Garland, Darius Garland. Now he has has Donovan Mitchell on his team, which maybe hurts him a little bit for fantasy. But last year we hadn't seen. You know, we knew he was a talented young player, but we hadn't seen him take this kind of a leap from a production standpoint. So you, these are all the guys, right? Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, on and on and on. You get the point. But as like, exactly as Mark says, you're you're chasing ceiling, and when you can get the the kind of the combination of the two, right? Uh, from a median perspective, Ja. DJ, Scotty Barnes, all those guys looked good from a median perspective too, but then they have this crazy ceiling, right? So that's what you, when you're comparing guys, you're when you can get John Morant, who has a median that looks strong as well. It's what we would call in most, and we talk about this in fantasy football a lot, small loss, big win type players. John Morant last year, if he just had kind of stayed who, who he was, was maybe not going to win your league for you, but he wasn't going to like lose it for you. It was like a small, a small loss at his at his ADP, right? Again, assuming we're, we're assuming health and everything. If John Morant stayed healthy last year, you were never really going to be upset. John Morant was on your team. Maybe you wished you had taken somebody else just a little bit better than him, but you were never really going to be upset. But the the potential for the win and the upside was such that like he's the smash. He's who you want. Point blank. Period. Because he's a superstar, which he kind of proved last year. And so being able to find that 
hybrid between between the two of them. Eric says, so uh, the olds aren't good in basketball either. I am shocked. Yeah. Um, there are definitely some old players who probably get a little bit undervalued, and um, that's important for us to to diagnose as well. But uh, typically, it w- I would say that old players are probably even more overvalued in NBA than they are in in NFL or in other sports. Um, they rest more frequently. They more frequently just fall off the face of the earth from, uh, you know, their their fantasy production. And then on the flip side, you have the younger players who um, take that leap. Right. Um, and so, you know, there's plenty of older players who will will be drafting this year. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, I would rather try to find the next John Moran or DeJounte Murray or Scotty Barnes or Evan Mobley than go take my. 35 year old guy who like, I just feel, you know, comfortable with his production just in general, just in a vacuum. But the the biggest point from a strategy perspective to me, when people will ask, like, how do I construct my teams? How do I, how many of each position do I take? And all of that. And I, I people want answers. Like, tell me that, uh, you know, I'm drafting 16 guys. I does it need to be six, six, four, you know, six guards, six wings, six forward or six bigs. And the answer is there isn't one of those answers. What the answer is, is it's in quotes here in the second. Wherever your team has a lot of quality, quality players, quality projections, quality upside, quality, you spent quality premium draft picks. Wherever your team has a lot of quality, draft less quantity. Wherever your team is lacking in quality, draft more quantity, right? It's that simple. That's going to change for every team. Did you start with Giannis? Okay, Giannis is a wing. Giannis is a wing on underdog. Guess what? You got the dude who laps the field every single year in fantasy on the wing. You don't need to take six of them now because you're just getting his score every single week, assuming health. Right now, exactly how many do you draft? That's going to depend on your team. But you don't need to go get six, seven, eight wings when you drafted Giannis. Same thing. You draft. Uh, well, we can just get into it to uh, uh, an example. An example from from my best team last year is is an example of this. I drafted here. Here's the team. It finished thirteenth in um, I think it was the small ball. Whatever. What? Let me look. Double, just double. Yeah, the small ball last year, um, which was uh, really tilting. You'll probably hear me tilt about this uh, at some point as well throughout draft season. Had John Morant had DeJounte Murray, and neither of them were playing in the final round of the playoffs. But um, uh, as you see here, I drafted Nikola Jokic and actually only have two big men on this team. So I drafted Jokic at the 102. Giannis was pretty much the consensus 101 because he has that wing. It's just such a cheat code to have Giannis. But obviously Jokic was the guy who you really... Jokic was the... Uh, one of one of, if not the highest, um, owned player in the finals of the small ball last year, and it was just obviously an absolute smash. He played every game, won MVP, etc. But so I take Jokic at in my, with my first round pick. We come back to the two three turn, and I take John Morant, and then I come back with Nikola Vucevic, and so I've started with two premium big men, with two premium big men. One being the best big man in fantasy, another being a top, whatever, 10 big man 
big man in, in fantasy. And then John Morant is my, you know, my headliner at guard. So I have one superstar guard. I already have two locked in big men. You only start one big per week. So theoretically, Vooch is kind of filling my flex already, which I'm, I'm, I, I want to win at flex, right? Because if, if you win at the flex position, you're probably winning because in order to win the flex, you have to score a lot of points at the other positions. And so I'm locking in that Jokic uh, spot. I'm locking in John Morant at, at a guard. And now I have Vooch, who's like crushing the flex for me. And, you know, maybe an occasional fill-in over Jokic in a week. Maybe he plays a bunch more games. But then Jokic is probably just filling my flex. But you get the point. So I, I know now, instantly, at the after the third round, I'm I'm going to be weak enough at wing but strong enough at these other positions and cascading wise, I'm going to be very strong at with those two bigs. I almost don't have to worry about bigs. And as you see, I didn't, I only drafted those two. Now I'm not saying we have to, you, just because you take Jokic, you have to only take two, but I think it's a viable thing to do. And it, it just hammers home this. I was drafting as if I was right about just those first couple of guys, right? I hit on Jokic, I hit on the Nicolas. We hit on the Nicolas at big, and we hit on John Morant. So now I take six. I took six guards because I still want to, you know, you still need a, a, a certain amount of guards because the guards are going to score the highest amount of points. And I want the, the, you know, shots on goal, if you will, to find who I ended up finding. DeJounte Murray. I take Murray. And then I actually took um, Tobias Harris. So I took Murray in the fourth round and I took Tobias Harris in the fifth round. So my first wing isn't until the fifth round. So I know inherently, I already got two guards in the first four rounds and I already got two bigs in the first four rounds. My first wing isn't until the fifth round. And so you don't, I'm not saying you have to take your first wing in the fifth round. That's just how this team happened up. I actually have a lot of, of, uh, of teams that uh, Bullock is here. What's the equivalent of zero RB in NBA best ball. To me, it is, it is zero wing wings, wings outside of the Giannis and such. Um, are it's just a much lower scoring position. So you can kind of like running back when David Montgomery gets hurt, Khalil Herbert can, um, you know, replicate his production or replicate the production of top tier backs. Last year, I got this production from Scotty Barnes and from Kyle Kuzma. And sometimes the guy just emerges, right? It's like Scotty Barnes is the rookie at wing going later. I take him as my second wing. He replicates the production of early wings, but you, you, can't replicate the production, generally speaking, of the absolute superstar guards and bigs. Jokic, there isn't. There's good centers later. It, you you you're not going to find Nikola Jokic. You're not going to find John Morant. You're not going to find you know Giannis is the unicorn at wing. But you're not going to find those guys later in drafts. So anyway, we we I, I go pretty guard heavy and big heavy early. And so then, because I drafted like I'm right about that, I draft less quantity at big, as you see, with only two, and six guards, and then eight wings. And some of them were misses. Larry Nance, miss. Darius Baisley, miss. Kaminga, mostly a miss, like I said, until a little bit in the playoffs. But because I took so many of them, I'm just kind of ping-ponging those games around throughout the course of the season and throughout the course of the playoffs, because you got to navigate through those three rounds, right? I'm using Harrison Barnes here and there. Kyle Kuzma 
was who really, you know, Kyle Kuzma and Scotty Barnes. And then, of course, with Tobias Harris, those three guys were really what carried me. But you get a random Kaminga week here. You get a random Precious Achua week here. You get it. You know, you get those weeks and it's it navigates you through by having more quantity at the position where you have the least quality. And so um, I just wanted to bring up this team because it was obviously it's it's my my example from uh, from last year that uh, kind of successfully employed this this basic this basic strategy. Um, Eric asked, isn't all that matters games played in the finals? Yeah, I mean, yes and yes and no. And uh, we'll definitely be getting into uh, a lot more strategy around that. I have something cooking with uh, uh, playoff schedules and just strategy around playoffs and and such. But Mark Mark kind of hits on it. It's it, yes and no is basically the answer. You, I of course want to target the teams that are playing more games, but also it's not that straightforward. Like I said, Yoke, Jokic, Giannis, some of these guys. Uh, honestly, uh, Murray last year. Ja last year playing three games can be, you know, the, the guy you need, right? They score 60 fantasy points in all those. That's 180 points. If you have a lesser guard, like I even had Kevin Porter Jr., Kevin Porter Jr. playing, who was fine for fantasy, playing playing four games, but only scoring 35 fantasy points in those games is still not going to make it up when you have um, the super high end scoring. Now those are the super high end scores, but point being, it's a balance. It's, it's a balance. You don't want to go all in on only the playoff stuff, but you do want to factor in the playoff stuff because playing more games in basketball can allow you to score more points. When you hit on both, that's the dream. Um, a teaser of the core picks. Um, I, the, to me, the, the, the Kings, are kind of a, a combination of both of those things. They have some nice quantity of of playoff games. They are also similarly to the Pelicans going to be fighting whether they should or not, going to be fighting tooth and nail all year to try to get into that play in. They're playing to win. And they have some pretty productive um fantasy players with uh uh Fox and Sabonis and 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 some additional guys as as well. Um Sag says, how do you evaluate talent on bad NBA teams from a best ball perspective? Um, I, I probably take a little more of the, the talent on the bad, air quotes, bad NBA teams than, than maybe some, some other people do. Um, but because if they're bad and you have a talented player, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't lose points because they're losing. The only, the only time it becomes factored in is, you know, if you get the full blown team shutdown like the Oklahoma City Thunder last year. But even then, when guys were out there at the end of the season putting up fantasy points on those those bad teams, and those can often be the guys that really help you get through as opposed to taking the low usage, the P.J. Tucker, right? And I'm not saying, I'm just using him as the example. There's no circumstance in which P.J. Tucker is going to be a smash for fantasy on a per-game basis. Can he have a couple good games? Of course. Anyone can. Get some steals, blocks, hit some threes, whatever. But you, what you need is real, true production. And talent gets you there, and opportunity gets you there. And if you can get both of them, even, even better. You have, Like I said, you have shutdown risk. You have all of those, all of those things. But... Um, that young that young player on that bad team i mean that was 
Uh, yeah, and and he's not crazy young, but the Wizards were bad last year, particularly you know Beal goes down. But Kyle Kuzma was like my most important player. It's like my most important player because the he was just the best option on a bad team left, and and when you can get it in that situation where they were still trying to win again, whether they should be or not, they were trying. And so you just get extremely elevated um, production. We will definitely talk a lot more about uh, all of this, a lot more about all of this. I promise you, I just wanted to get this first show in with you guys because hey, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of refresh, get, get the juices, get the juices flowing, refresh my memory on everything. Um, click down. I, I call it the Voldemort um, saying like, like, and subscribe. We're, trying to pump we're trying we're trying to boost up the nba best ball space if you can like this subscribe be, like i said be bringing a lot more nba best ball discussion both content on the site and here on this youtube channel we're about to really get into the groove drafting teams talking through strategies talking through some of the stuff you guys you guys mentioned and uh obviously talking some players man like who, who the hell are we drafting who are we drafting who's this year's the murray who's this year's scotty barnes we're gonna figure all that out um but that is it for me right now. If you want to come back later, we are drafting some Battle Royale teams for NFL Week 4. Myself, Nez, and Shane. But uh, I will catch you guys next time. Uh, enjoy Media Day. Enjoy the NBA Best Ball Streets. And we'll be back. We'll be back very, very soon. 